This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime at our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Tonight, and uh, good to have all you guys who are joining us online. It really means a lot to us to know that we're able to reach out beyond these four walls. And in times like this, when people can't get out, they can still share in the gospel with us. Isn't that amazing? You know, it really, it really is. And I appreciate all you guys who have been making an effort to share because we keep bumping into people who are here for the first time, whether in the building or uh, watching online. So thank you so much for sharing. Uh, I think you hit that little button or something or and share it. Um, but uh, we started last week talking about on the edge of greatness. And I would actually like to continue that tonight. So I got to get my edge back. Okay. Get back in there. Get out there. This here is the edge and this is greatness. So, as an object lesson, when I talk about coming over into greatness, this is just an object lesson. It's really not any greater over here on the stage than over here, okay? But, let me read you the first passage we read last week. It's just a nice little passage. It gives some wisdom, it gives some insight. It's a great inspiring passage. It says in Daniel 11.32 in the New King James, it says, the people. That's talking about you and me. So just look at somebody around you and just point at them. He's talking about you. He's talking about you. Okay. The people. The people. All you guys out there and wherever you're out there at, you know, watching online. The people that do Know their God, not just know about him historically, but the people that do know their God and they've crossed over into a vibrant relationship with him. And that is very much part of what we do all the time, you know, making fully devoted followers of Christ, building vibrant relationships communicating God's message in relevant ways. But right here, it says, the people that do know their God, they've crossed over into a vibrant relationship with him, shall be strong and do great exploits, heroic acts and deeds. That's the people who know their God. Not who just know about him, but they have a vibrant relationship. They've crossed over into that relationship with him and they shall be strong and do exploits. So the scripture says they shall do these heroic acts and deeds. Um, Leonard Ravenhill, I kind of stopped with this, I think, last week. But it's he said, it's what you're living for is what you're living for. He said, is what you're living for worth Christ dying for? Think about what you're living for right now. 
Where do you invest your time? <clears throat> where do you invest your energy? You know, where do you invest your resources? Is what you living for? It's what you're living for. Was it worth Christ dying for? How do you invest your <clears throat> your time? Today, how do you invest your time? Today, how do you invest your energy? Today, how do you invest your resources? It's kind of a real pertinent question. I mean, it's relevant to us. It's like, oh, that has anything to do with my Christianity? I think it probably does. Philippians, and I've just been, uh, first time ever this year, I've been reading in the Passion Bible. It's just the New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs, I think, but I found it very intriguing. But it says here in the, the Passion Bible, it starts off, it says, in Philippians 2, 9, it says, my passion is to be consumed with him. My passion is to be consumed with him, to know him in a vibrant way. And he says here, my passion is to be consumed with him, and I continually long, I hunger, I thirst, I crave, I long to know the wonders of Jesus more fully. I long, there's this craving inside of me to know the wonders of Jesus more fully and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. Is the overflowing power of the resurrection working in you? Uh, that was the question. Yes. yes. Three? Four. Three people. That's awesome. Is the power of God's resurrection, is it working in you? Yes, it is. I know I kind of put you on the spot there, but that's okay. It kind of brings it home to us. I just got to read it one more time. I am continually, I and I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus more fully and to experience, not just hear about it, but I want to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection, of his resurrection working in me, changing me, transforming me. That's what I long for. That's what I crave for. Are we becoming more Christ-like? Is that resurrection power flowing to you and through you? And is his will and his purposes, are they flowing to you and through you and touching other people with resurrection power? That's the power to bring change and, and radical transformation in your life. Is it working in you? Uh, let me go on in the Passion Bible. In Romans chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, this is a passage that's just kind of like my passage this week, you know. And I want to share it with you again. It says, love obligates me to preach to everyone. Love, that's why I do what I do. I've, I've been challenged uh, several months ago. Well, years ago as well, but several months ago, Pastor Ron, you should retire. I go, do, do what? I don't understand that word, you know. It's just like, you know, love obligates me to preach to everyone. To, now, what percentage is everyone? 100%. And so I just think that that's what I was preaching as best I could before I became a pastor. So I just didn't understand why we would 
Well, okay, you served your time and you're done. I think when I serve my time and I'm done, I think you all have a real fancy service for me, you know, here somewhere. And you all remember all the things that I did, you know. And that might happen tomorrow or something or another. But see, I feel this obligation. Love obligates me to preach to everyone, to those who are among the elite and those who are among the outcasts, to those who are wise and educated, as well as to those who are foolish and unlearned. That is why. Everybody say, that's why. Why do you do what you do? Now, I'm asking you that question for you to stop and think about it. Why do you do what you do and who are you doing it for? Why do you get up in the morning and go about your day? Why do you go to bed in the evening? Why do you eat your meals? Why do you spend time with your... your why do you do what you do? And he goes on to say, this is why the apostle says that. And I can so identify. This is why I am so excited about coming to preach the wonderful message of Jesus to you in Connecticut. Wait a minute. Oh, it said Rome, didn't it? But in New England and, and in North Carolina and South Carolina and Jamaica and Africa or, or wherever it is you preach. He says, that is why I'm so excited about coming to preach the wonderful message of Jesus to you in Rome. And, and if you'll continue reading through your Bible, he's talking about preaching the gospel wherever you find yourself. And he will work with you confirming what you preach with signs following. That's when you're no longer on the edge of greatness, but you've come over into his greatness. And his greatness just flows through weak old vessels and accomplishes his noble, fantastic, life-changing purpose. Anyhow, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, again, in the Passion Bible. I'm on a little roll here with that. It says, for I am trained, this is a powerful path, for I am trained in the secret of overcoming all things. Now, here's the word that says overcoming all. And again, what percentage is all? For I'm trained in the secret of overcoming 100% things. All things, whether in fullness or whether in hunger. And I find that the strength of Christ, explosive power, I find that the strength of Christ, explosive power, and that explosive power somehow connects with joy somehow and he says and I find that that strength I find the strength of Christ explosive power I don't know if you can visualize this or not but I see when Jesus rose from the dead there was an explosive power in that tomb you know if you'd have been over there it would have probably looked greater and grander than some kind of an atomic bomb going off somewhere and Christ was alive. He done what he needed to do, you know. He fulfilled what his purpose was. But it says here, and I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me. I find oh, that the strength of Christ's explosive power, that's that resurrection power, it infuses me to conquer, what's that word? What percentage is that? 100%. 100%. 
And he says, I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power, it infuses me to conquer every difficulty. Oh, man. Christ. You know, he, he does this miraculous thing through his strength in me, his explosive power that's at work inside me. It infuses me. It changes me to be a conqueror over what percentage was that? 100% of the difficulties in your life. Now, have you had any difficulties recently? Yes. Do you think it would be a cool thing to be able to conquer those difficulties? Well, I'm going to tell you something. I just, I just read God's word and study it, and I try to apply it as best we can. And I'm just going to look at it one more time. He says, for I'm trained in the secret. It's a secret of overcoming all things, whether in fullness, whether I'm full or, or I'm hungry. And I find the strength of Christ's explosive power. I find that it infuses me to conquer every difficulty. His explosive power, resurrection power, it infuses me to conquer every difficulty. Now that's my verse. If you want to borrow it sometime, you're welcome to borrow it. But it's my verse. And it could become your verse if you want it to become your verse. You just reach out and you grab a hold of it and you make it your very own, you know. Well, now, what kind of difficulties right now are you facing? Think about it. You don't have to tell me, but just think about it. Maybe some of you are facing discouragement. Maybe some of you are facing joylessness. Some of you are facing doubt and some of you are facing fear and loneliness and hopelessness. Some are facing worry and addictions and grief. Some are facing unemployment and shutdowns and the lack of provisions. Some are facing sickness and viruses, etc., etc., and so on. And some are facing lies that would hinder us from crossing over into greatness. Oh, you can't do that. We can't do that. Remember last week we talked about the spies? And 10 of them says, just like you said it was God. But there's big people over there and we can't do it. We can't go. We can't, we can't cross over into that great land. We, we can't. It's just like you said, but we, we just can't do it. And some of us say, we, we wrestle with this kind of a thing. You know, this is a difficulty. We, we can't come over into the, the greatness that God has in store for you and for your loved ones and your family. It seems like there's something holding us back. But he says, the strength of Christ, is that's, this explosive power, it infuses, it changes me. You understand infusion? And infusion, very simple, cup of hot water, hot water, weak water, tea bag, up and down in hot water, hot water, hot water, hot water, lay the tea bag over here, what do I have in my hand? You call it tea, but a while ago it was water. There's an infusion. Every molecule in that water has become tea. There's an infusion that's transformed, that's taking place. And I'm telling you right here when it says, I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power, it infuses 
There's an infusion that brings about transformation. It infuses me to conquer every difficulty. It infuses me to conquer every difficulty. I can do that? No, but the strength of Christ in you. Greater is Christ who's in you than the, the devil that is in this world. That's just the truth of it. And uh, well, listen to what it says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. It says, I'm focusing all my energies on this one thing. I'm forgetting the past and I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward. I'm looking Godward. I'm looking upward. I'm looking forward, you know. I believe the best is yet to come still. I believe the best is yet to come. He says, I'm looking forward to what lies ahead. The best is yet to come. Come on, let's, let's cross over into his greatness. Let's take the risk and go into the promised land. Oh, there's some giants running around there. But I always heard, even since I was a kid here in the United States, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. And, and David showed us that. He was pretty good with a sling, wasn't he? You know, but he was better at learning to yield his life over to Christ. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 says, For it is God who is at work with in you. Did you know something's been going on inside you? Something's been going on. You say, well, I thought that was just indigestion or something. No, I'm talking about something bigger and more fantastic and wonderful than indigestion. God is working in you. For it is God who is at work within you, giving you the will, the, the, the purpose, the craving, the longing, the thirst, the hunger, giving you the will and the power, that explosive power to achieve his purpose. You know what God's purpose for you is? I can tell you right off the bat. And, and this just sums it up. You can break it down more. But God's purpose for you is to become Christ-like. I do know that. To become Christ-like. Well, well, what would you do today, Jesus? Well, I'd do this. Well, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> you know, to become Christ-like. And he said this right here. For it is God who is at work He's at work within you. He's been working in you all day long. Now, you may choose to get away from the edge of greatness and, and, and do something over here wandering around in the wilderness if you want to, but God wants to work within you, giving you the desire, the passion, the will, and to give you the power, the explosive power, the resurrection power to achieve his purpose. He wants you to achieve his purpose, what he created you for. And then it says in verse 14, it says, do all you have to do. Now, what percentage is that all? So do 100% of what you have to do without grumbling or arguing. Now, do... You guys grumble much. Some are saying no, some are saying yes. Can you just make up your mind? Do you argue? I don't really think you do. You do? I don't, I don't think you do. And we can start an argument about anything, right? My dad used to tell me I would argue with a telephone pole. That's what he told me when I was a little fellow, you know. 
I reckon that's where I first cut my teeth on preaching maybe is talking to telephone poles. I'm not sure. But anyhow, it says, For it is God who is at work within you, giving you the will and the power to achieve his purpose. Do all you have to do without grumbling or arguing. Hmm. See, if you can choose to do something instead of grumbling and arguing. You may f- feel passionate about doing some grumbling and arguing. Oh, I don't know. You, you may feel passionate about that, feel inspired to do that, but you can make a choice to rejoice. You can make a choice to be joyful instead of grumbling for. Are you full of grumbles? Are you full of arguments? He says, do all you have to do without grumbling or arguing. Because see, to praise God and to rejoice, that is, can't be done out here. Nope. You have to actually come over past the edge into God's greatness and hear, praise the name of Jesus. Y'all sleep, little lions, so Daniel would say. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. Stay cool, little flames, would Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would say, you know. You're my rock. You're my fortress. You're my deliverer in whom I will trust. You know, I'm telling you, things change when you are over here. This is supernatural a lot of people just want to live by the natural. See, it is natural to grumble and to argue and to fuss and to cuss and to gossip. That's natural. It comes to you naturally, don't it? But I'm going to tell you something. When you're on the edge of greatness and you have a choice, I'm going to get over here and I'm going to begin to praise God. That is supernatural. For you to praise God is supernatural. When you feel like complaining and arguing and cussing and gossiping and all that. When you feel like that, but you praise him and you rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel. You rejoice. That is not natural. When you would rather complain and groan and bellyache and argue, you have come over into greatness, you see. And you can begin to operate by the the language of, of greatness, you know. Move over into the greatness of Almighty God. You can do that. So he says here in verse 14, do all you have to do without grumbling or arguing. Do all, now what percentage is that again? So is there any percentage that God's word encourages us? Well, you could grumble and argue over here. 100% you've got to do all this without grumbling or arguing so that you may be God's children, blameless, sincere, and wholesome, living in a warped and diseased world and shining there like lights in a dark place. We're supposed to be shining here. If we're grumbling and arguing, we ain't shining. Now, you know I got to pull out a flashlight when I talk about shining, don't you? Now, this is my, my new one. You already know about my new one. But it just has a, that's only, that's only three lumens there. 
And that's only, I can't read it. It's nothing. That's why I can't read it. That's three lumens. That's 100 lumens. That's 300 lumens. That's 10,000 lumens. And I think that God, his explosive power, that resurrection power, he wants us to pierce the darkness. That's what he wants us to do. Listen to what it says right here. It says, do all you have to do without grumbling. Don't grumble. That's just operating. That's just so natural. Without grumbling or arguing that you may be the God's children, blameless, sincere, and wholesome, living in a warped and diseased world. And we live there, don't we? We live in a warped and diseased world. And we're to be shining there like lights in a dark place. It's kind of dark down here in my... my uh, Bag here. I don't know. Can y'all see the light coming through there anywhere? I don't know if it really shines or not. Yeah? Now, is the light of Christ, is it shining from you, through you? Is it piercing the darkness where you live? Is that supernatural? And you go, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Oh, man. I'm going to tell you, the light shines there because people, what in the world are you praising God for. You ought to be complaining about all that's going on in this world right now. Well, you can operate over here in the natural or you can just live on the edge, you know, on the edge of greatness. But I think God wants us to come over into it. He wants to have us, uh, us to have a vibrant relationship with him. And he says here, Let me find where I was at. That you may be God's children, blameless, sincere, and wholesome, living in a warped and diseased world, and shining there like lights in a dark place. For you hold in your hands the very word of life. And I'm going to tell you, the very word of life is full of light. You understand that, right? The word, the very word of God is, is, is full of light. You know, it's, it's just full of light. The word of God, we hold it in our hands. His word, and it's supernatural. It brings about faith. It brings about transformation in a man who will read it, a woman who will read it, who will hear it. And, and, and faith comes by hearing. And it causes us to, to come over into God's greatness and do what we were created to do and to be. And he wants us to live Christ-like, and he's got special plans for each and every one of us, and he wants us to be positive and not negative, but more than just positive, it's to be Christ-like. And that, that explosive power, resurrection power, it has filled us, and it overflows to us, and it's just absolutely amazing. It says, so we, we can conquer every difficulty. So you and I can conquer every difficulty. I didn't write that. That's God's word. We can, Philippians 4, 13 in the Passion Bible. He says, I find that the strength of Christ, explosive power, infuses me to conquer every difficulty. And there's light. And there's explosive power there to change things. And I don't know if, if it makes no sense to you. I'm kind of just tripping all over myself because every word of it is just like, ooh, ooh, wow, ooh, ah. And you'll hear me when I'm studying sometimes. Susan will hear me sometimes. And I might be in the bed reading my Bible. I might be behind my desk or something. And I'm just kind of ooh and ah. And they're like, ooh, wow, ooh, ah. Why, that's good stuff. 
Because I believe it. I believe it to the core of my being that God's word is alive and powerful and it will change you and it will change the circumstances that you are living in right now. Listen to what it says here. I'm still in the Fashion Bible. And it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, it says, We view our slight, short-lived, and, and short-lived, this slight, short-lived, it means trivial, feeble, insignificant. We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. These slight, short, short, short-lived, you got to understand that. Now, quite often, I go up on the mountain to pray early in the morning, and quite often, I'll see the valley just covered with fog. You ever seen that? I mean, you can't even see the ground there. But I know when the sun starts arising, the fog starts burning off. And before you know it, the fog is all gone. That fog is there. But it was short-lived. That's what I'm talking about. And it says here in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, we view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties. Everybody say difficulties. We see our difficulties as the substance. That's that gritty, you know, sandy, rocky, gravelly substance. We see our difficulties as substance that produces for us an eternal weighty glory far beyond all comparison. These, these difficulties are producing for us an eternal weighty glory far beyond all comparison. Oh. I don't know if you understand this or not. These difficulties, this substance, this gritty, rocky, gravelly, sandy stuff that irritates us so bad and it bothers us so bad. But when we cross over into the greatness of God, that irritation and all, it begins to form a pearl. Have you ever seen a substance that was gritty and gravelly and sandy and it gets under the skin of an oyster. And if it was dirt, it's what it is. Ain't nothing positive about it, but it produces an awesome pearl, something of great value inside that oyster. And I'm going to tell you something, difficulties that come into our life based on whether you've come over into God's greatness or are you just going to stay out here and fuss and cuss and are you going to go over here and you're going to praise almighty God and begin operating the supernatural, that difficulty begins to do something in you that ain't natural. It changes things on the inside of you. Christ is our hope of glory and through the difficulty and our praising and rejoicing, uh, things begin to change for the better and th there's Christ who is a hope of glory and hope means a confident expectation for for when? The future. The best is yet to come. Christ is being formed in me. There's this beautiful something being formed in me and 
it's hard to understand how it it began even with a difficulty. Began with a difficulty. Oh, gravelly, gritty, sandy, rocky something in me. Well, let me read again and just keep, keep on going on. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 says, We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance, as the substance, that gravel, that produces for us an eternal weighty glory far beyond all comparison. Because we don't focus our attention on what is seen. We don't focus our attention on the difficulties. We don't focus our attention on what's seen on the difficulties, but on what is unseen. We focus our attention on the almighty God, his explosive resurrection power. Now, we don't see all that and all, but we know it's there. And that's where our focus is on, to know him and the power of his resurrection. For what is seen, the difficulties is, what's that word? Is temporary. But the unseen realm, God and his kingdom, oh, is eternal. And it's creating in me a place for the pearl of great price. Who is the Savior? His name be Jesus. So these difficulties are not destroying us, but these difficulties, if you choose to come over into God's greatness and to praise him and to rejoice in him, these things that you would think would destroy the irritation, it, it, it is becoming something glorious inside of us, a pearl of great price, Christ in me, the hope of glory, what he's talking about. Listen to what it says here in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 2, it says, my fellow believers, are y'all believers? Are you guys out there believers? Yeah. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, has it ever seemed like that? My fellow believers, when it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity. Huh? That's exactly what I was thinking. Huh? Let me read that again. I must have mixed it up or something. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties. No, that's the way I read it. Wow. Nothing but difficulties, gritty, rocky, gravelly stuff, you know. It seems like you're facing nothing but difficulties. See it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. What? That's supernatural. Supernatural ain't natural. It's natural in a super way. And all of a sudden over here, you can take an old gritty, grimy, graphically, something that irritates you to no end, instead of moaning and groaning and complaining and gossiping and arguing, you just begin to praise the name of Jesus. And there's something invaluable. There's something that's transforming on the inside of you. And Christ can be seen in you and he's, he's transforming something on the inside of you. It's miraculous. It's supernatural. But you've made a choice. He was on the edge of greatness. Ten of them spies, well, I ain't going in there. I know God said to, but I ain't going in there. Those people who, are, they'll eat us up. 
uh, we, we are grasshoppers over there. It's like, nope. We are vibrant in our relationship with God. He wants us to step over into obedience to him. I'm talking about living on the edge of greatness or stepping over into his greatness that he welcomes us into. That's what I'm talking about. And he says, my fellow believers, James 1, 2, when it, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, it seems, it seems that way. See it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. It's an opportunity. You can be like everybody else and just actually fuss and groan and moan and belly ache and gossip and all that kind of stuff, roll around in the manure for a while and come up stinking like everything else. You could do that if you wanted to. But he said it is an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can, exclamation mark. For, for you know that when your faith is, what does that say? Tested. Why does a, why does a teacher give you a test in school? Because she wants to flunk you and fail you and send you back to kindergarten on it. Some people feel that way. You must be a teacher. Okay, this season. But what does a teacher really want to do? Wants to trust you with more. Building a ladder so you can learn more and obtain more. And it says here, for you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power. It stirs up power within you to endure all. What percentage is all? It stirs up power within you to endure all things. When you're having a test, it stirs up power in you to endure all things because it's working together for good. It's bringing about the difficulties, turning them into wonderful, fantastic pearls. It's working miraculously. It's supernatural because of the choice you make. And if you act like everybody else and just complain and argue and, and cuss and fuss like they do, you're just going to get the same thing they do. And there ain't going to be nothing miraculous. It's just natural stuff, you know. Verse 4 says, And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release, it will release perfection into every part of your being, into every, what percentage is every? And then as you endure, as your endurance grows, you're enduring this gravelly thing and you're praising God in the midst of it and, and it grows even stronger and it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. I'm telling you, that is just absolutely miraculous that there's nothing missing and there's nothing lacking when I choose to do life God's way. When I come over into greatness and his great fantastic book 
and it builds great faith in us and we have a great vibrant relationship is just going on and on and on and it just brings about transformation in our lives and he says we'll conquer every difficulty every that's what my bible says and that you can look it up your own self that's what it says there that's just like whoa man that's too good to be true no it's not I'm going to tell you something. I believe in the goodness of God. I believe the best is yet to come. I believe he works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And he has called us to come over into his greatness. That's where he wants us to have this vibrant relationship with him. That's just the truth of it. It really is. Listen, listen to Job over here because, you know, opposition... It tries to stare us down. Have you ever had opposition? Tries to just stare you down and tries to uh, discourage you. Opposition tries to stare you down, discourage you, and make you give up and quit. That's what opposition wants to do. But Christ does not oppose you and me. He beckons us. Oh, that we might know him and the power of his resurrection I'm talking about. But it says here in Job chapter 1, verse 21, it says, he said, I came naked, Job. I came naked from my mother's womb and I will be stripped of everything. I'll be stripped of everything. Every good thing I did on this planet, 100%, one day I'm going to be stripped of it all. He says, I came naked from my mother's womb and I'll be stripped of everything when I die. And the Lord gave me everything, every good thing I've ever had. He gave it to me and I got to enjoy it for a season. I, he gave me everything I had and the Lord has taken it away. And so, well, the Lord's taking it away. Oh, gloom and despair and agony on me. Well, look at here what Job's next words were. And the Lord has taken it away. Although he gave it to me for a long time, now he's taken away. What's it say here? He comes over into grace. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord is his next words. When the Lord took something, praise the name of the Lord. Exclamation mark. In all, verse 22 says, in all. And what percentage is all? In all of this, everything that was going on in Job's life, in all of this, Job did not sin by blaming God, but Job praised God. He chose the greatness of Almighty God and he praised God and he had joy and he operated in the supernatural. Praise the name of the Lord in all of this. Job did not sin by blaming God. Job chose to operate in the supernatural. That's what he chose to do. Now you got to understand, Job had lost his property and he had lost his children. And yet he crossed over the edge into God's greatness. Because what he believed and and his obedience to the almighty God. Listen to what it says here in Job chapter 2, verse 8. Now, the devil had been trying to tempt Job, just to throw in the towel and curse God and give up. And the devil had told God, I see you, he, he only loves you because you've blessed him. And if I, if, I, if I did something to him, he would curse you to your face. That's what God says. Uh-uh. Give it a shot. That's 
what he basically said. Anyhow, verse 8 says, uh, Job 2, 8, and then Job scraped his skin with a piece of broken pottery as he sat among the ashes because Job, the devil, brought him all these great big old boils and blisters. They were hurting and oozing, and he was sitting in the ashes from a fireplace, and he was taking a piece of broken pot, and he was, he was just scraping the ooze off of his sores and things like that. That's what it says. Then Job scraped his skin with a piece of broken pottery as he sat among the ashes. And his wife said to him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. That was his lovely wife. But Job replied, you talk like a godless woman. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? And if you do get something bad, he's going to turn it around and work it together for good. We do know that. So in all this, Job said, what? Nothing wrong. It's a lot of part of verse 10. In all this, Job said, nothing wrong. See, Job crossed over into greatness. He did not curse. He did not complain. He did not blame God. But in the midst of all these difficulties, it says that the first words out of his mouth was praise God from whom all blessings flow. He had a vibrant relationship with God, you see. He didn't just have some historical concept of who God might be. Listen to what it says here in Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 17 in the Amplified Bible. Though the fig tree does not blossom. No figs this year, guys. No figs. No fig newtons. No fig preserves. No raw fig. Figs is out for this year. No figs. Though the fig tree does not blossom and there be no fruit on the vine. No grapes this year, guys. No grape jelly. No grape juice. No fresh grapes to eat. Though the product of the olive oil, no olives, guys, no olive oil, no fresh olives, no olives for your pizza, and the fields yield no food. No, no wheat, no barley, no grain, no corn. Though the flocks be cut off from the fold, no sheep, no, no mutton, no wool. And there's no cattle in the cells, no beef, no steaks, no hamburger, no nothing. All this has failed. If it can go wrong, folks, it is going wrong for us. Verse 18. He says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. How can you say that? Because I'm operating in the supernatural. That's where things change. Where that which was designed to irritate me and destroy me is becoming a pearl of great price. Transformation is taking place, you see. That's what I'm talking about. Transformation. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord and I will exalt. I will triumph 
in the victorious God of my salvation. How can you talk about a victorious God when it seems like everything could possibly go wrong has just gone wrong? How can you praise him and call him victorious? Because I've chosen to operate in the supernatural. And that's where things happen. That's where radical change happens. Transformation happens. Miracles happen there in the realm of the supernatural that you and I can access if we choose to. Or we can just live in the natural. Gloom and despair and agony on me. We can just live in the natural. Listen to what it says, in, and I'm going to come back here to Habakkuk in a moment, but in Romans chapter 8, verse 3, it says, No, despite, which basically means even though, it says, No, despite all these things. Now, what percentage is on? No, despite all, 100% of these things, he's talking about these difficulties. No, despite all these things, these difficulties, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ or in Christ who loved us. Through Christ, in a vibrant relationship with Christ, overwhelming victory is ours. It don't look like victory. It looks like gravel and and rocks and sand and grit. It looks bad, uh, but overwhelming victory is ours in Christ. I'm in a vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ and it's changing things in a man or a woman who faith rises up inside them and says, I'm going to have some of that. (laughs) You can have as much of it as you want to. Other people might go, well, I don't believe in that. Well, you can have as much of the natural as you want. But there are some who are going to believe the supernatural has been destined for you and for me. Going back to Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 19, it goes on to say, the Lord is my strength. Are you in a vibrant relationship with him? Right now, I mean a vibrant, a living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you? Because that's what makes the difference. The Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery. I'm not afraid. My personal bravery, my invincible army. God is my invincible army. And all of his angelic beings. Oh man, let's cross over into his greatness, you know. With this vibrant relationship, living in his greatness. And he goes on to say here, he makes my feet like hinds feet. Hinds, hind or one of two things, so maybe feel a combination of both. It's like a, a deer, a roebuck is referred to. It's like a mountain goat. Have you ever seen these deer or these mountain goats climb on cliffs? And you go, how in the world do they do that? You ever seen some of the pictures of them climbing? It's like... How do they do that? I couldn't get up there, you know. It's just, how do they do that? How do they live in these high lofty places? But he says here, the Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery, my invincible army, and he makes my feet like hinds feet and will make me, me, I don't know about you, but he will make me to walk with him. Not to stand still in terror. I'm not just going to be controlled by fear and terror. And oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? It's like, ah, oh, I know what we're going to do. I'm going to walk close to you, Lord. And I'll just do whatever it is that you want me to do. We're going up there. Well, let's go. 
Let's go into those high heavenly places. The Bible says we're seated with him in heavenly places, you know. But it says right here, he makes my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk, not stand still in terror, but to walk and make spiritual progress upon my high places. You like the idea of some high places? They're kind of scary. The high places of trouble? You mean I can make spiritual progress in these places that are called trouble? Suffer? Or responsibility? You mean in those difficult high places like that, where he says I should be rejoicing in those places, other people ain't going to go there. I mean, you've got to be operating in the supernatural to cross over into his greatness. And he says in these places, if we praise him and we rejoice, we are making spiritual progress here. Explosive resurrection power becomes ours when we choose to obey Almighty God and step over into his way and his will, into his greatness, the greatness of Almighty God. We all learn that from a child. God is great. And then we learn that as we get older. How great thou art. His greatness is astounding, is amazing. You remember how Abraham crossed over into greatness when he obeyed God and God had offered, asked him to offer his son as a sacrifice. You remember that? It was tough. It wasn't natural. It was in the supernatural. And they went up on a mountain. And as he was getting, God says, okay. We have accomplished what we needed to do in you. That's You've made some spiritual progress, Abraham. Obedience to God, it enables us to cross over into greatness. When you choose, I'm going to obey God, you just cross over into greatness. When you go, I'm not going to do what God says. I'm just going to do like everybody else. I'm just going to waddle around in the mud for a while longer. Wander around in the wilderness for a little while longer. That's what I'm going to do. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Listen to what it says. Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Trusting in, believing in, having faith in God, you know, enables us to cross over into his greatness. It says, do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Well, Lord, I want to trust you, but things ain't been happening in our, our world or in my job for in my marriage the way I thought it was and it ain't been really going good. It's kind of gravelly in my relationships and the circumstances in my and, and, and Lord, I'm just going to throw away my faith and my trust in you. And, and Job would have said, I'm coming on over there with you, Lord. And God works it together for good. And, and God works it together for Paul. And for Silas and God works it together for you and you and those of you at home watching for those men and women who believe God's word to be true. And you choose, I'm going to praise God when I would feel better about complaining, but I'm not going to operate in the natural. I'm going to operate in the supernatural. And it changes things in our life. I'm telling you, this is what the Bible teaches us. Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord no matter what happens. Did did y'all read that? Don't throw away your confident trust in the Lord. What's those next four words say? No matter what happens. 
No matter what kind of difficulties is coming, don't throw away your confidence. That's your faith. That's your trust. That's your believing in him. Don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord no matter what happens. Remember the great reward it brings you. It brings the reward. Don't forget about the reward. But that's when you come over and you obey God and his greatness and you praise him and you rejoice and you refuse to grumble and complain and, and argue. I'm, I'm going to live over here in a vibrant relationship in the greatness of almighty God. And it changes things for you. It genuinely does. It, it changes things. So it says, Don't, do not throw away his confident trust in the Lord. Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. No matter what happens, remember the great reward it brings you. Verse 36, patient endurance is what you need now. Oh. We read and we hear about Job, and what word is associated with Job? The patience of Job. And he ended up doubling and tripling all the things that he lost. As you read through the whole book of Job, being coming over into the greatness of God and praising God and being patient. Being patient. Not nagging God and accusing God or blaming God for not doing what he says he's going to do, but being patient and praising him while you're being patient. And however long it takes, that's God's business. Just love him and develop your awesome, fantastic vibrant relationship with him. Patient endurance is what you need now so you will continue to do God's will. If you become impatient, you will stop obeying God and you won't do his will no more, you see. But see, when we're patient, we're, we're coming over into greatness. Even when the giants are in the land threatening us, it's like, God told me to come over, get out of my way. I'm going to tell David about you. and He's still got his slingshot. And just because we are moving into the greatness of Almighty God don't mean there's not any opposition there. The enemy of our soul will try to discourage us, but are you going to worship and praise and rejoice in Almighty God and operate in the supernatural? Or are we going to start backing up and getting out of the greatness of God and just getting over here in the secular world uh, and just doing things naturally as they happen? He says in verse 36, patient endurance is what you need now so you'll continue to do God's will. Then you will receive, what's that word? All. What percentage is all? Then you will receive all that he has promised. You not received it all yet, but when you have obeyed the things we've been reading and you're patient, and while you're being patient, you're praising him and rejoicing in the midst of it. You're conquering all the difficulties. And he says, if you'll be patient, you will receive. What percentage was that? You will receive all that he has promised. A.W. Tozer, he said, what you believe about God is the most important thing about you. Not what you believe about our world or our politics or our sciences or our school situation, but what you believe about God, A.W. Tozer, great man of God, he says is the most important thing about you. And you know what? Our time is about up. And I have a tendency to rattle on and on and on and on and on. 
But there is so much right there. And you know, you can go to your Bible. If you have the um, version Bible, that app is free, 100% free. If you'll go there, all the verses that I used here so far tonight are on there. You'll go there to where events. You go on your version Bible app, and the events and the scriptures I shared are there. You go there and go and look them up again. Read them, underline them, memorize them, meditate on them, learn how we can step over into his greatness. You can go online and you can watch this again. It don't cost you a penny. You can take a CD or DVD with you tonight. It won't cost you a penny, you know. And, but you can hear God's word and get God's word in us and stop living in the natural and choose to operate in the supernatural to come over into the greatness of almighty, most high God. It's a life-changing situation for men and women who are looking for more than what they've got right now. And I can tell you what, this old world keeps changing this way and that way, but God, he don't change, but he changes us. He brings about a wonderful, fantastic transformation inside of us where we can believe him and we can be used by him to accomplish whatever it is that he wants us to do. So I want you to bow your heads with me right now, if you would. And I'm going to ask my bride if she would come up here and join me. Papa, for God, we've, we've heard a lot in your word, and it's challenged us, almighty God. And we are, we are chomping at the bit to, to access the promises that you said are ours. We're chomping at the bit to come over into greatness, to, to get off the edge of greatness and come on over into a vibrant relationship with you, almighty God. And may that be so tonight. May transformation take place in our lives. The men and women, boys and girls who are in this building, those who are watching us online or listening to it, somehow, someway, somewhere, I thank you that your word does not return void, but it accomplishes what you sent it to do, and it prospers where you sent it. Almighty God, bring about transformation. Bring about a joy, a genuine rejoicing in the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls. A rejoicing, not because of circumstances, but a rejoicing because what you've said, and we know in time we will receive all the promises that you have given unto us, and we're just going to trust you every step of the way. Bless my brothers and sisters, I ask almighty God. As our heads are bowed right for now, I'd right like to reaffirm our faith and uh, our wonderful Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you're watching us, you're here, or you're watching online, and you've not welcomed Christ into your life, you, you haven't began this vibrant relationship with Christ, I ask you to join me as we pray right now and let this relationship begin and reaffirm your relationship. So would you pray with me right now? Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. I believe the best is yet to come. I believe the best is yet to come. And I'm not going to believe no lie. And I'm not going to believe no lie. You came to bring life in of its fullness. You came to bring life in its fullness. And that's what I want. And that's what I want. I want all that you have in store. I want all that you have in store. And I want to do things the way you want me to. And I want to do things the way you want me to. I want to cross over. I want to cross over. Into a vibrant relationship. Into a vibrant relationship. With you. With you. 
I want to leave just the natural stuff behind. I want to leave the natural stuff behind. I want to operate in the supernatural. I want to operate in the supernatural. I'm your man. I'm your man. I'm your woman. <laughs> I'm your woman. I'm your person. I'm your person. <laughs> I accept Jesus. I accept Jesus. As my Savior. As my Savior. As my Lord. As my Lord. I know He has risen from the dead. I know He has risen from the dead. After he paid for my sins. After he paid for my and sins. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And I open that door. And I open that door. And I welcome Jesus inside. And I welcome Jesus inside. The pearl of great price. The pearl of great price. As my Savior. As my Savior. As my Lord. As my Lord. And as my King. And as my King. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.